we've been uh, experiencing a lot of changes. God's moving in some uh, dramatic uh, ways in this whole area, and uh, he's getting us ready. He's preparing us uh, for what he's doing. I was talking about Brother Steve. God, God brought uh, his, his, uh, what he did all of his life and training and ministry now has melded together, and he's getting to do that in different parts of the world and uh, work with missionary organizations and, and teach safety and train them and things like that. What an, what an amazing, amazing thing. Amen. But God's, God's doing that all over this uh, area. And uh, <laughs> praise God. All, all over this area and uh, preparing people. A lot of times we say, God, I just, I just, I just want just the outpour. I, w- I want to see it. I want to see it. And God, God says, you, you are. You just, I'm getting you ready. I'm getting you ready. Amen. We got a few more push-ups to do. We got a few more miles to run. Amen. We're getting in shape for what God's doing. And uh, we need to not despise that. We need, to, we need to say, yes, Lord, and embrace what he's doing because he's getting us ready. He's preparing us uh, for, what's, for what, what he's doing. Praise God. Ah, oh, thank you, Lord. I got to get focused. When I get up here, things just start bombarding me, and I just, I have to try to, try to focus. Um, my oldest son, Benai, is going to be preaching here uh, March 1st. They're uh, head of um, Restoration Connection down in Branson Outreach, and so many lives are being changed through that ministry. But he called me the other day, <clears throat> and he said, now, Dad, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to be preaching on, and I want you to stay off of it. I said, what are you doing? He said, I know you. He said, before I get there, you'll pick up on it. You'll preach my message before I ever get there. And so he told me, and I said, son, I said, I said one thing you got to understand, we got a little different atmosphere, and uh, you, you really ac- actually don't know exactly what's going to happen when you get here. But I'm doing my best to stay off his message. Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. Hallelujah. We've been talking about the Word. Talked last week about the prophetic declarations of God, the voice of God speaking in this earth and what it does to us and, and the, uh, the effect that it literally not only has on your spirit or your mind but even your body. When, when God speaks and you receive an absolute Word from God, it's not, just, it's not just something that you can think about. You actually feel it in your physical body. I mean, you feel the Word. You feel the power of God. Amen. That's why it's hard to get me to stay home when I'm not feeling good. I want to be here preaching because I know if I can just get behind the pulpit and start preaching, I will, I will experience the Word in my physical body. Amen. And, and I've done that for years. But um, the, the Word of God is, is powerful. And through history, as we've seen uh, God speak, we see that, that the Word of God doesn't just, it doesn't just go out and people hear it, but it goes out and begins to create. God said, my Word will not return unto me void. It begins to create. In verse 1, it says, God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past 
to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds, who be in the brightness of his glory, and express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power. When he had by himself purged our sins, sit down at the right hand of majesty on high. We, when we just embrace who God is, we embrace what God says, and we embrace the declarations about God, there's, there's not a, you can't be of two minds. When you embrace the Word of God and begin to digest the Word of God, it begins to change and transform, and it determines your path. It determines your thinking. It determines your personality. It determines every part of you. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you might prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Put off the old man concerning the old ways and, and put on the new man. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new man who is created in Christ Jesus. And you are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. We, when the word of God comes into you, when you start embracing and digesting the word of God, it begins to create in you who you were purposed to be from the very beginning. God begins to change and transform your life in into a purpose beyond yourself. I love when God gets a hold of us and our purpose gets bigger than us. It's bigger than what Brother Steve was talking about today. When we are able to open the curtains, open the doors, and begin to see outside of the circumference of our need, see outside the the circumference of, of who we are and what we think, and we start all of a sudden getting embracing a purpose that is bigger than we are. Amen. You know you're doing what God called you to do when you wake up in the middle of the night and think, what am I doing? Huh? What have I done? <laughs> you know, you God starts putting you in stuff. There, there's times that I'm in prayer and, and the things God wants to do are so real to me that I just start pushing forward with them, pushing forward with them, pushing forward with them. And then when I'm going about my everyday life trying to get some stuff done, a lot of times I'll think, oh man, what did I do? Because I just, I just initiated something that's bigger than I am. And it just makes you feel like, you know, this is impossible. We can't do this. But yet we we, we hear the Word, and the Word is creative. The Word begins to work and create inside of us. Amen. Hallelujah. I've, I've landed in other countries and thought to myself, what am I doing here? Why am I here? And then see God create and, and, and perform and, and do the work. And, and it's just like we get to sit back and, and watch God work. We get, to, we get to be a part of what he's doing. Amen. Not what we're doing, what he's doing. That's where we got to get. We got to get to the part where it's not what we're doing. It's what God's doing, and we are 
participating. We are along for the ride. We are vessels, and we are working with him, not doing what we are called to do, but doing what his calling is and is being performed in us. So often we're so worried about what I, I'm called to do. Christ in me. I gotta, I, I've been turning that around. I've been saying, no, it's me in Christ. Amen. I'm in Christ. It's not Christ in me. It's I'm in Christ. It's not about who Christ can be in me. It's about who I can be when I get inside of him. Amen. When he became, when he becomes my fullness, when he becomes who I am, all of a sudden things begin to change and I start being able to do what I could not do, say what I could not say, think what I cannot think, and see what I could not see. Why? Because I've gotten outside of my, my frailties and my infinitesimal abilities and I've gotten into the magnificent power and glory of God and all of a sudden I start seeing and hearing and thinking and doing better. Our physical bodies can be changed to perform. <laughs> Thank God. I like I like those. <laughs> well, the word just all of a sudden goes. <laughs> uh, I'm back to that pressure sprayer mode. <laughs> too too much too much is trying to blow through this little bean, you know. Oh, thank God. But he said, he said God spoke in times past, God's word, God's voice. When we, when we look at Genesis chapter 1, we look around the trees and the grass and the, and the sun and the moon and the firmament. We look around at that and we realize that it was the word that caused all that to happen. And in part of this verse, he said, and he upholds all things by the word of his power, not the power of his word, but the word of his power. In other words, the word proceeds forth out of power. It's not a word attached that has power attached to it. It is word that was created, incubated, and produced out of power. And he upholds all things. By the word of his power, the expression, the articulation of his glory wrapped up in a word. And all of a sudden that word is released and finds its mark and immediately the creative power of God begins to work and take place in that being or in that place when God said, I want the, I want the, the water and the land to separate. All of a sudden, this earth begin to shake. Mountains begin to come up. Earthquakes, plates begin to shift. And the water begin to recede down into the canyons that were formed by the plates shifting and moving. And, and there was earthquakes and volcanoes and all kinds of things took place because God said a word came forth. And when that word came forth, all of a sudden, things begin to move and change to be molded to the word. We don't mold the word to us. We get molded by the word. Oh, if we can just get a hold of that and realize that it's the Word that creates us. It's not us that creates the Word. Mm. I had a pastor I worked under for a few years that said one time, 
and it stuck with me ever since. He said, he said, so often we try to mold the mantles of God to fit us. And he said, that's why we can never get to where God wants us. That's why the, the anointings never produce like they need to be produced. He said, it's not the mantles that are molded to fit us. It's we who are molded to fit the mantles of God. And we have to let God shape us and form us to where, where when the mantle falls from heaven like it did on Elisha, Elisha picked that thing up and he had ownership of it. Why? Because it started a long time before that following Elijah. He watched Elijah. He studied Elijah. He heard Elijah. He carried Elijah's shoes. He took care of Elijah. And he walked with him. And finally one day Elijah said, what can I do for you? He said, I want a double portion of what you have. And Elijah said, if you see me go when I'm taken up you can have what you asked for and Elisha one day saw a chariot of fire come down and separate and take Elijah up and here come that mantle floating down from heaven floating back down to the earth Elisha didn't look at it and say well I don't know if I should get it no he knew it was his he knew God was dropping it down why because it's a fulfillment of his word his word his word begin to come to pass and Elisha walked over and picked up that mantle and he said where is the Lord God of Elijah and he struck the water and the word that was power upon Elijah's life transferred to Elijah caused the water part why because it was declared and when the word from God finds a place that is fertile soil it begins immediately to create an atmosphere, a home, a place to grow and to produce what God said. All of a sudden, it begins to change our lives. He said, God spoke to us through different prophets in different ways, at different times. You know, there was a lot of, when God's word came, there was a lot of shaking. There was a lot of things displayed, but still there was this disconnect. The people saw the word of God powerful. They saw it accomplish what it was sent to accomplish. They saw the word. They, they saw the creative power of God. The children of Israel saw the manna from heaven the children of Israel saw the, the mighty deeds that God did. He, they saw the word being spoken and happening, and they saw it with their eyes. They, they ate it with their mouth. They experienced the word, but yet there was a disconnect between the word and the existence, the place where the word was birthed. They couldn't connect to the, the throne of God. They couldn't connect to God. They couldn't understand God. There was so much misunderstanding and who God is and what he wants, that they had a hard time connecting. And even the prophets of old complained about this disconnect. Moses, Jeremiah, Habakkuk, they would complain to God and say, God, what are you doing? We don't understand. We see your power, but we don't know what you want. We don't, we don't know who you are. Matter of fact, the Bible says that, that 
God showed his way, his, his acts to the children of Israel. They saw his acts. But only Moses began to understand his ways. Moses began to understand the God behind the acts, the God behind the word. He began to get an insight of who God was, and he began to see that God, you know, what God was. Matter of fact, one time he said, no, I want to see you. I've received your word. I've watched your power. I've seen what you've done, but I want to see you. And God said, you can't look on my face. So he took Moses and put him in a cleft of a rock. He put him in a, in a little cave plate. And he said, I'm going to put my hand over you so that you don't see. I don't want to kill you with my glory, with my presence. Amen. Oh, I want to, hey, I want it to be like that. I want God to say, son, I'm going to have to back off. You can't take much more. And I'm going to be saying, but God, I want to see you. God, I want to feel you. I want to know you. And God, I have to say, no, that's enough for now. <laughs> Woo! I've been in his presence when it, when it felt like that I couldn't live if it continued. And yet, hunger for more. When you've been touched by God like that, when you've been in his presence, when you've heard his word so close and so so powerful in your life you you feel you have this homesick feeling you just literally ache it hurts you ache for the presence of god you ache for a word from god i walked around in here the other day and i just walked around this auditorium and god just talked to me speak your servant hears speak uh, just to hear a word. I didn't need anything for myself. I just wanted to hear his voice. I wanted to feel his presence. I wanted to walk with him. I wanted to be a part of what he was doing. And I wanted to hear that. But the prophets of old that spoke the word of God, God spoke through them. They still felt, oh, the, if I could just see you, Moses said, I want to see you. And, and God covered him and he passed by. And Moses just barely saw the hinder part of God. Oh, I don't even know what, how to wrap my mind around that. And, and it was such a transforming power. It was such glory that it literally changed the his flesh began to glow. The particles of his being all of a sudden felt the reincarnation of power in the presence of God where, where all of a sudden we go from carnal to... Yeah. <laughs> How you even explain it? Sometimes your vocabulary fails to even sit what you're seeing. It's like, yeah. But the very, the very particles in Moses' body responded to the creator. 
what is created from and responded to his origin, flesh all of a sudden came in contact with its origin and it began to become like its origin to the point that it started taking on the shine and the glory of where it came from and who it was birthed from. And they come down off the mountain and the people was afraid of Moses. Why? Because Moses suddenly come in contact with where he came from, what he was birthed from, what we was created to be. <laughs> and he literally began to glow and to shine. But even that couldn't satisfy because there was this disconnect. They didn't understand what God was doing. They didn't understand what he was about. Oh, there was complaint like in, in Psalms 38, 21, 22. The, the, psalmist, the psalmist said, be not far from me. How many times did David complain? Where are you? Where are you? Don't you see the stuff I'm going through? And then he would remind himself of who God was, and he would talk faith to himself. And, but then he would complain. He would complain about his situation. And he, then he, he would say, Why art thou cast down on me, O my soul? And then he would turn around and say, But I will yet praise the Lord. That battle taking place. What was that battle? That battle was a disconnect between the Word of God and who he knew God to be according to his Word and what he had experienced of God. And that disconnect, that distance. Again, in chapter 39, verse 12, he, he made this statement, Do not be silent at my tears, for I am a stranger with you. Do not be silent at my tears. Oh, I just... I just I just strummed across the cords of somebody's heart in this house. Do not be silent with me, God, in my tears, in my pain, in my sorrow, because I feel like a stranger with you, God. Don't be silent. I feel disconnected. I feel like I can't come close. I feel like I, feel like I don't know you. And yet I know you're the almighty God. You're the most high. You're the El Shaddai. The God is more than enough. God, don't be silent at my tears. How often our circumstances can make us feel like God is nowhere around. How often our circumstances can make us feel like God is forgotten. We need a word from God. We need a word from God. We're, we, we want something. God, do something because I, I feel like you're all, you're way away from me. That's why it's so powerful, church. I'm jumping way ahead here, but this, that's why it's so powerful when you come up to somebody and all of a sudden a word from heaven slips out of your mouth in the course of conversation and they feel the touch of God. They hear the word and it comes into the very depths of their being and it changes something inside of them. Why is that important? Because people need to know there's a God in heaven and he cares about them and he just spoke to you. How often I've just been in conversation with somebody and all of a sudden 
heavenly words become intertwined with earthly words and all of a sudden it's like an old muddy river and all of a sudden that fresh water that's that's flowing in it starts running down you start seeing that little clear stream of water in the middle parting the muddy water that's why the 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 word of God is many times we're just trying to do our thing we're walking and talking and all of a sudden that clear stream of heaven begins to come out of your mouth and into the very soul of somebody and they know that they know that they know that God just spoke to them. Because many of them are crying out, God, don't be a stranger in my tears. Oh, that's, that's next week's sermon. They complained, didn't know what God, and Job, in, in chapter 10, verse 4 of Job, Job finally, in his complaint, finally said, do you have eyes of flesh, or do you see as a man sees? In other words, Job was saying, do you not see? Can you not see what's going on? I mean, Job was faithful, and yet he had questions. Can you not see? God, I've served you. Now I've lost everything and trying to be faithful and all this has happened. God, can you not even see what's going on? Job was complaining. Oh, but yet there was, there. oh, I, I hear a voice. I hear a voice back in Isaiah. Back in Isaiah chapter 53, I believe it is, I hear a voice speaking And it says, who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow up before them, before him as a tender plant, as a dry root out of the ground. He has no form or comeliness, and and, and when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and he did not esteem him. Isaiah is declaring words that nobody understands what this is about. What is he talking about? What is it? It was a declaration of God answering the question of the people saying, God, why can't we touch you? Why? Where are you? You're so far off. I'm a stranger with you. And yet God was saying, listen, I am about to appear before you in a way that you never dreamed, and you're going to be able to touch me. You're going to be able to see me. You're going to be able to hear me. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteem him stricken, smit by God, and afflicted. Oh, listen. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we were healed. And we all like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid upon him the iniquity of us all. 
God was answering the question through Isaiah, and they didn't even understand the word that Isaiah was speaking. It's like it doesn't fit anything that's going on right now. God, why are you saying this? Oh, how many times, how many times have we heard words from God, and we think, I don't know what that's about. I don't know what that's for. It doesn't fit anything. It doesn't fit anything in my life right now. Oh, hang on. Hang on, honey. God's about to fix you. He's about to turn you wrong side out, and he's about to make that word fit everything about you you. Amen. Listen to me. When God speaks, it might not match what you're in right now, but you're about to be molded to where you match what the Word of God said. He's going to bring you into that Word. (laughs) Sometimes I wish I could just preach so calm like Bill Johnson. (laughs) Just make statements and everybody goes, I can't do it. It's like a fire shut up in my bones, and if I keep my mouth shut, I will explode. Literally, I will burn up because there's a burning fire inside of me that comes out. It has to come out. (laughs) So if I scream and spit all over you, just say, whoa, glory. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) Just, Just thank God for the anointing. In Isaiah, God was declaring something. And then in John chapter 1, all of a sudden we begin to see. It starts coming clearer to us. We begin to understand. We look back and we can see it. The people that was there at the time, it didn't make any sense to them. But we look back now, we, we can see it because we got the history. We got the, we got the word. We can read about it. And we look at it and think, well, that's the way it should be. But can you imagine being there when all of a sudden things begin to take place? There have been 400 years that God hadn't spoken. And all of a sudden angels started showing up and saying these strange things to barren women and young women. And, and you're going to bear a son. And you're going and, and to be called the anointed one. And, and, and you know... Elizabeth, she gave birth to a boy that, that ended up in the wilderness dressing camel's hair and screaming out, repent. I mean, there's probably sometimes she thought, oh, God, I thought you were going to bless me. You gave me this insane thing out here in the wilderness. What's wrong with him? Can't even get the boy to dress right. Running around dressing camel's hair, eating locusts and wild honey and screaming at everybody. What's wrong with this boy? Why can't you be more like your cousin? He don't go around screaming at everybody. What's wrong with you? Can you imagine trying to raise John the Baptist? I mean, the boy was different. But he was sent from God. <laughs> uh, sometimes the word doesn't come out like you, you dreamed it would. <laughs> so, I'm sorry. Yeah, praise God. The shocked look on your face is going to be priceless. 
<laughs> he said he has in his last days spoken by his son. John chapter 1, verse 1, he says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were created by him, and without anything, without him was, was, wasn't anything created that was made. I mean, the Word made everything happen. The Word. It's talking about a creative Word, an active Word. This isn't a dormant Word. This is an active Word. And when, when this Word said, spoke, all of a sudden things begin to happen. Trees begin to grow because he said, I want there to be grass and I want there to be uh, herbs and, and I want there to be trees and fruit trees. And, and, and all of a sudden they begin to happen. Why? Why? How, how, does, how can a big tree come out of a little tiny seed? Because it's assigned. He upholds all things by the word of his power. It's assigned. It has a commission. From the Creator. It can't be anything but what it was commissioned to do. And a little tiny seed makes a big, big, huge tree. All the particles of the earth suddenly come together and start working together to form this big, huge tree. Why? Because there was a word that came forth and said that there would be a tree and it would grow. And so all the earth has to respond every time a seed is planted. The earth has to respond to the Word of God and begin to make that happen because it has been commissioned and ordered to do so. Some of us think, where is God? Look out your window. God's at the Word of God is happening right now. I walked outside. There's Betty and her fall decorations. It's been a while back. It's winter now. Now it's got snow on it and, and rain and, you know, hay bales and stuff like that out in front. And I, I was walking in the house the other day, I looked over, and there's green grass growing out of that, that bale of hay. Still winter. And green grass coming out top of that straw. And I thought to myself, how? There's no earth. There, it... How's grass growing out of that? Because a word has been spoken, and that word cannot return void, and it has to happen because a word from heaven came down and declared it. So it has to bring forth. Hallelujah. In the beginning was the word, words with God and the Word was God, the same as in the beginning with God. All things were created through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. It's all God, and it's Word that's came about. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. But then down, down in verse 14, it says, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory God her God don't be a stranger in my tears and we beheld his glory 
the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. All of a sudden, the Word became wrapped in fleshly, in a fleshly body, and began to begin to produce in this earth a tangible, touchable evidence of God, of his word. That's why when Jesus stayed behind and was with the teachers and talking to the teachers and Joseph and Mary finally found him, found him, he was there talking, and all the teachers was just amazed at what he knew and amazed at what he was saying. And, and you know, we look at that and we think, well, yeah, that was Jesus. Oh, i got to tell you something. This, 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 oh, listen to me. This, this is what happened. All of a sudden, they were sitting there studying the writings of God. They were studying the words and the declaration of a God they didn't understand, a God they didn't know. They were trying to figure out this God that spoke, and they were reading the words that God spoke, and all of a sudden, the author of the book walked in and started talking, and all of a sudden, it made sense to them because the author showed up. Twelve years old. Walks in, opens his mouth, and all of a sudden the Word of God becomes deep, exciting, full of revelation because there's nothing greater than when the author takes his own book and starts reading and explaining what he wrote and why he wrote it. And they were amazed. They were amazed because the Word showed up. Rhema suddenly covered Logos and inflamed it with understanding. How many times did people say, I don't, I don't understand. We've never heard anything like this before. Nobody's ever talked like this before. And they said, he talks like one that has authority. Not like the scribes. He, talk, he talks like one that has authority. Well, he wrote it. He's the author and the finisher. He's the first and the last, the Alpha and Omega. He is what the Word is. And all of a sudden, the Word showed up and started speaking through a fleshly voice in an earth. And all of a sudden, heaven started creating in earth what belongs in heaven. And we started experiencing His glory and seeing who God was. And all of a sudden, Jesus began to say stuff like, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If you've heard me, you've heard the Father. I don't do anything but what the Father does. And Jesus said, I've come to show you the Father. And all of a sudden, people begin to say, oh, that's who you are. That's who you are. I understand now. God Don't be silent in my tears. God, can't you see this leprosy that is destroying my body? 
And all of a sudden, the fleshly-wrapped Word of God shows up, and they stand up and get to cry out, if you will, you can make me clean. And all of a sudden, the creative Word of God from heaven spoke and said, I will. And immediately, they were cleansed. Those lepers couldn't say, oh, you're like a stranger to me. No, one come running back and fell down and worshipped him. Why? Because he recognized him. He recognized him. The rest of them recognized their creative work. They were healed of leprosy. But this one recognized the Lord. Recognized the word and come running back and fell down and worshipped him. And he said, where's the others? He said, oh, they went, they, they got healed and they're gone. And he looked at this man and he said, look, because you understand, because you return to worship, now you're made whole. You're made whole. There's a difference between being healed and being made whole. Healed means the thing that was destroying you is gone. Whole means you can't even see it ever touched you. God, God's here to make people whole. <laughs> oh, come on, somebody. I'm about to melt in a puddle here. I'm going to have to quit. Sister Val, come on, if you can. Last week, you couldn't quite get on the platform for a little while, but... Come on, you can do it. You can do it. You can stand up. I've been telling I've been telling God we need to stand up in your glory, God. We need to stand up in your glory. We need to be able to minister your glory. Oh Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. I've been doing this for 40 years and I'm more hungry today than I've ever been in my life. I'm enjoying the presence of God now more than I ever than I've ever enjoyed his presence. Oh, come on, somebody. It doesn't get old. It just keeps getting newer and newer and newer. <laughs> I've been, my prayer, I've been asking God to, to bring back the vitality of my 20s because of what God's been telling me he's going to have to do. <laughs> my body's going to have to keep, catch up because my preaching has returned to my 20s. <laughs> my body is lagging behind. <laughs> It's going to have to catch up. But the Word became flesh. I'm going to have to quit or I'm just going to go right on into next week's message. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld His glory. We beheld His glory. I don't know about you, but I, I don't want to just... I just don't want to have goosebumps in his presence. I want to see the creative power of his presence. I want to see the creative power of his presence. So often I have just come, I just have to come in the auditorium and just bow before God and just begin to try to try to unload the situations that I'm carrying in my heart.
that need help, that need, because if I'm not careful, it, I, 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 it weighs me down. I carry it. Every problem that people are facing, ever the sicknesses, the, the infirmities, the situations, we have just unload them before God and say, God, you're our help in time of need and call upon the glory and power of God and thank God we've been seeing changes take place. We, we're seeing some awesome stuff starting to happen. This is not enough. It's not enough. Because I'm wanting to see the transforming power of God work in the presence of God. My, my desire is that when people come to church here, they walk in and they, they feel the transforming power of God really uh, uh, tangibly active in their life. And then when we leave here and we run into people through the week, they feel the tangible power of God working in their life because they come in contact with us. I believe that's what God's wanting. It's not enough just to feel His presence. We've got to, we've got to keep pushing, pushing, pushing until, until the Word just becomes tangible. The Word becomes flesh in your flesh, in my flesh transforms us. Hallelujah. Praise God. There's situations that have to have answers in this body. And I believe God's got those answers. God, stand with me right now. Oh, Jesus. 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 Strange, you sung that song earlier. I hear the chains falling. I just, I was in the back saying chains of sickness, infirmity, chains of disease, chains of habits and addictions, chains of perversion, chains, struggles and circumstances. Bondages fall, fall off of our lives in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for that today in the name of Jesus. Oh, God. <laughs> we receive from you right now. We receive from you right now, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We don't want to be a people in this age of the Holy Spirit indwelling us. We don't want to be a people saying, God, where are you at? When He's ever present. We don't want to be saying, God, don't be silent in my tears when, when he's right here with us. We want to know. We want to know that he's working right now. Thank you, Father.
Thank you, Father. 